Merry Christmas. My name is Lorinda. I'm one of the pastors here. We're really glad that you're here in worship um, with us tonight. Uh, there are a lot of services taking place here at university today, and we're glad you're part of this one. Um, one of my favorite literary genres is um, historical fiction. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, uh, but it's where uh, the people in the story may not actually be true, like characters. They might not have a- actually really lived, but they stay true to the era that they're representing. They have to stay true to the time that the story's being told. So they, they dress in that era, they talk in that era, they, um, they stay authentic to that period of time, right? And um, this morning we had uh, an 11 o'clock service here in the space, and it was just filled with families and little children and everybody. We called it our children's chaotic Christmas, and that is exactly what it was. And so uh, I got to play the part of an angel. And uh, the typecasting was probably not really good, but um, after the service was over, we were walking out, and there's a little boy in this church, he's probably about four or five years old, and he's one of the children who's been adopted by one of our families uh, here at university. And when I came walking out, still in my angel thing with the halo and all of that, he said these words to me, I knew you would be the angel. Oh, isn't that sweet? I was like, I'm glad you said that, because all of the adults are in shock right now. Like, nobody can believe this is really happening. And then he said, is your halo really real? And I said, no, it's just, you know, a little. And then I thought, why not have a little fun here? So I said, no, this one isn't. My real one can only be seen at night. (laughs) Okay. So just trying to stay authentic to the role, right, of being um, an angel in that period of time, in that uh, moment with that little boy. Um, I enjoy reading these stories, these historical fiction stories, or seeing movies, because I like the stories of people's lives. But my favorite stories to read and my favorite movies to watch are the ones that have a rescue involved in them. Where someone has found themselves in a situation or a set of circumstances that they don't want to be in. Maybe by their own choice or maybe by not their choice at all. But they find themselves in a place where they know they can't do it all by themselves. They can't like rescue themselves. I love the stories about rescue. This past week, uh, my husband Robert and I watched the movie Dunkirk. I don't know if you've ever watched that or if you've heard of that story. It's a, it's a true story about what took place um, in May of 1940. And it's uh, the story uh, of rescue. What takes place is that uh, Germany has advanced into France. And what they've done is they have um, trapped all the Allied forces on the beaches of Dunkirk. And so this movie tells the story of the people who were involved in that. So under air and ground cover by um, British, French forces, troops, well, what they did was they slowly and methodically rescued all of, these, all of these soldiers off of this beach. It was really a fascinating movie to watch. It was really hard for me because it was so exciting, and I got so into it watching those soldiers stand on the beaches waiting for someone to come and rescue them that I found myself talking to the people on the television. I really don't usually do that, but I was like, no, 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 wrong planes, wrong planes. I mean, it was run, run, don't go there, move this way, move that way. I I wanted to see them rescued so badly. I remember like when I was watching that thinking, how must it feel to stand on a beach like that When planes are flying over you, dropping bombs, and you're seeing people around you not survive, and you're waiting for someone to rescue you. I read a little bit more about it this week. 
And one author said that when they started this rescue mission, when they began planning this rescue mission, one of the things that they said was that we really think that optimistically we'll be able to rescue 45,000 soldiers from the beaches of Dunkirk. That's our highest hope. Realistically, it will probably be 25,000 that we'll be able to reach. But what they did was they used every serviceable naval and civilian vessel. Civilians, people who owned boats, were making their way to the beaches of Dunkirk. They used everything available to them to rescue these soldiers. And in the end, 300, over 330,000 soldiers were rescued from the beaches of Dunkirk. A story of rescue. And I wonder when I think about this, is there ever, was, was there ever a day in the life of any of those soldiers where they did not remember what had been done for them? Was there ever a day that they forgot or didn't think about what someone had cared enough to do for them? Rescue. It's a pretty significant thing. At our house, our dogs are all rescue dogs. A little switching gears there, right? We have all of our dogs have come from shelters and I have a theory about it and the reason I have this theory is that I know people who've paid for dogs and I've watched how their dogs behave and I'm going to tell you that I think and you can say well she's just a crazy dog lady that has a lot of dogs at her house and you're not far from wrong but I have this theory that a rescue dog doesn't ever forget what you did for him or her that you came to the shelter and the circumstances they didn't want to be in and you took them out of that and they always seem to kind of look at you with this appreciation right Thank you for rescuing me. Our scripture tonight, I believe, is a scripture about rescue. I think it's about us being in need of someone coming and saying, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this alone. I will rescue you. If you have your Bibles with you, <clears throat> I want to invite you to turn to the New Testament book of John. Um, we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. If you don't have your Bibles with you, the words will be on the screen. Hear now the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it did not overcome it there was a man sent from God whose name was John he came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him he himself was not the light but he came to testify to the light the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world he was in the world and the world came into being through him yet the world did not know him he came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Every Christmas, I tell myself I'm going to make this like really valiant effort to just see everything on the bright side, right? I'm just going to make sure that it's like sugar plums dancing in my head kind of thing all the Christmas season. I'm not going to let anything negative affect me. Maybe I won't even watch the news. I'm just going to 
think about all things positive and pretend that there's not anything going on around me that isn't great. But every year, I'm reminded that there are things in this life that are difficult. There's darkness that happens around us. Not everything can or should be posted on Instagram. Not everything that happens in our lives is a photo photo opportunity. Not everything should be included in the letter that you send out about how things are going within your family. Every year I'm reminded by the actions of other people that I'm around and sometimes even, well, by the actions of myself that sin has not been eliminated from this world. It's still fighting for a stronghold in our world and in our lives. Darkness hasn't given up the fight. And some of the ways that I have seen that are in watching how people treat one another. If you work in retail, I'm sorry if you've been mistreated. Chances are, if you work in retail right now, you're glad you don't work in retail tomorrow, right? That you have one day to not have someone yell at you. If you've driven on the highway over the course of the last few days, you can see how people treat one another. I, um, I have people who come into my office and talk with me. I know and love people who are battling addiction, and I hear the pain in their lives and in the lives of the people that, who love them. And I'm reminded that darkness still fights to have a stronghold in the lives of people, still fights to be present. On Friday... <clears throat> On Friday of last week, I stood at the graveside of a, of a really precious little four-year-old boy. I stood with his mommy and daddy as I know the feelings of darkness and despair continued to try to overtake them. And I, I was reminded that we will find ourselves in places in this life where we don't want to be. Or the situation is not one that we would choose ever in our lives. And I'm reminded of what this scripture talks to us about. That the light will always overcome the darkness. That no matter what darkness we might be standing in. And how difficult the circumstances and the situation that we find ourselves in might seem. The light always overcomes the darkness. Always. Over the course of the last week I've been in situations where I've heard a lot of people telling other people. what, Oh this is what Christmas is all about. I've heard it quite a bit. I've heard it not, not in any bad ways necessarily. Like I've heard people say, oh, getting together with family, I can't wait to be together with family because that's what Christmas is all about. I'm like, okay, ish, right? And then I've heard people say, uh, in fact, just a couple of nights ago, we were with some friends outside and they were singing Christmas hymns and songs. It was absolutely stunningly beautiful. And someone said, this is what Christmas is all about, singing Christmas hymns and Christmas songs. And I was like, cool. I've heard people say, just over the course of the last several days, right, that Christmas is about giving and receiving. That's what Christmas is all about. Well, on this Christmas Eve, I want to suggest to you that Christmas is really all about what God has done for you and for me, for us. That Christmas is really all about the greatest rescue mission in the history of the world. The greatest rescue mission to ever take place. The true light which enlightens everyone has come into the world, giving us a power to become the children of God, giving us a power to overcome the darkness that's in our life. The light, the light of Christ, the light of Jesus, the light that comes and breaks that darkness, 
The darkness cannot overcome it, cannot ever overcome it. The moment that light is introduced into darkness, the moment that light invades the space of darkness, darkness loses and light wins. Now, a few years, several years ago, I was told that I don't sleep enough. You need, by a doctor, you need to sleep more. I'm like, you don't know my life. What are you talking about? But he's, you know, you don't, you need to sleep more. So I read this whole thing about sleep hygiene. And they're like, make sure your room is really dark and cold, yada, yada. So my room is like super, super dark at night. And after having raised four children, I still have in my mind the traumatic memory of stepping on a Lego in the middle of the night. And so I don't walk through a dark room without turning on some kind of light. I just don't do it. I don't want to step on something giving a little bit of insight as to just how tidy my house always is, right? So when I go into that room, no matter how dark it is, the moment I open up my cell phone or flip on a lamp or turn on the flashlight on my cell phone, the moment that any light is introduced into that darkness, the light overcomes the darkness. And this is what this scripture is talking to us about. This rescue mission from the darkness that may seem like it's surrounding us and maybe even finding a stronghold in our lives. That when we allow, when we become the people who believe, who accept, who receive the light of Christ, when we allow the light of Christ to invade the space called our lives, we're rescued from that darkness. It doesn't mean that we won't ever find ourselves standing in the mysteries of life and not knowing how we could have ended up in this place. But it means we will never stand there in darkness. The light of Christ will always be ready to rescue, always be ready to invade that space that is our lives. The darkness of sin, despair, loneliness, addiction, none of those have the power to overcome the light. The light overcomes the darkness every single time for those soldiers in Dunkirk when they stood on those beaches waiting for those boats and those ships to come do you think at any point any one of them was like no you know I got it bombs are landing around them ships are on fire do you think any of them said you know what I'm pretty sure I have it in me to just rescue myself but thanks I doubt it. What I saw in the movie anyway was everyone, people using the very last bit of strength they had left in their bodies, making their way to those boats and those ships to be rescued. Is this true for us? Is this how we are? Do we see what God has done for us as a rescue mission to rescue us from the darkness and the sin and the despair that's in our lives? What I want you to hear me say tonight is that we will not win this battle against darkness on our own. That's the bad news. But the good news is, the light will always overcome the darkness. And we do have, when we trust in Jesus Christ, right, the ability to fight that battle and win. I want you to hear that you're not hidden from God. That there's never been a moment in your life, and there never will be. Never a moment that you were forgotten by God and there never will be a moment in your life when you are forgotten by God. That won't happen. The links that God is willing to go to to rescue you. When you feel like the only thing you have left is like a whisper to cry out to God. 
remember that God is always, always reaching out to us, always reaching out to us, reaching out to you. The word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. So I want to suggest to you tonight that Christmas really is all about what God has done for you and the links that he would go to, to reach out to you, to rescue you, to rescue you. Listen to this. You are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen.
God sent his son to live among us. And in the forefront of his mind and always in his heart was this mission to rescue, to redeem, to make whole again, to save. Even on the night when he knew that he would be betrayed, even on the night when he knew that his death was imminent, Jesus gathered together with his disciples. And he knew that they were going to be facing some of the darkest nights, and he wanted them to know you are not alone. I'm, I'm here. God loves you. You will never be forgotten. 